Book Interrupted is so grateful to our listeners for recommending us to your friends and family that we decided to run a contest to show our appreciation. One lucky fan will win a waterproof Amazon Kindle Oasis. Find out more at www.bookinterrupted.com contests. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted turned into a different conversation and I was really rattled. Personally want to apologize. I feel like you were feeling protective of Kara. I'm not going to let someone attack my sister. Something missing, I think, in our culture with this me culture. Overvalue the opinions of others. So I need to separate myself from people to be able to make the choice for myself. Because you got to live with yourself in the end. My body is Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with God. And we're going to talk it out. On Book Interrupted. This episode's brought to you by Liz Clark Astrology. No nonsense, personalized, honest, handwritten readings that aim to be as constructive and helpful as possible. A glimpse into your true self, maybe even one you forgot about. Go to www.lizclark.com. You can also find the link in our show notes below. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from February 14th to March 21st. It's Kara's book cycle, and the book we're reading is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Untamed is a memoir that examines the restrictive roles and expectations placed on women. For more information about Book Interrupted or this book cycle, please go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Leah requested to talk about, on our last group discussion, it was heated at the end and she wanted to address it. We were dealing with a matter of Kara asking a very earnest question about how to deal with possible trolling. And that turned into a different conversation and I was really rattled. I don't know if it came across, <laughs> but I believe it did. Uh, I was really rattled. And after it took me like a good hour to be unrattled. I wanted to touch on it because personally, I don't want to be on the air quotes wrong side of it and come across in a way that is offensive or hurtful to anyone. I personally want to apologize specifically to KJ or Kim because I directed it more so at you when you, on hindsight, were just honestly answering the question to the best of your knowledge based off a book you are, were or are currently reading. I don't know my feelings on the topic of tone shaming or tone policing or how I would react to it. Hopefully, I won't, maybe I will find out soon. I don't know. Hopefully not. (laughs) To be determined, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe after this airs, we'll find out real time. That doesn't have anything to do with being so reactive. And I was reactive to the messenger. And I'm sorry, first of all, to the whole group, if I made anyone uncomfortable. And KJ, because I reacted to you. And after I come down, I was like, what the fuck's my problem? Can I respond? Yeah. No. 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 (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> so I also thought about it afterwards. First of all, I fully accept your apology. You can react at me anytime because I love you and I understand that. Like, don't worry. Okay. So fully accepted. And what I think was happening there or some of the fuel maybe, and I feel like you were feeling protective of Kara because the situation in hand was someone was attacking Kara. So as a sister, I think that you, you were informed by that. And I also think that uh, clarification about what we were talking about could have helped our conversation better because of course, if anyone of any race is personally attacking Kara, then of course she's not beholden to take that abuse. Like that being said first, and I never said that in the first conversation. So if someone were to be personally attacking anyone, we do not approve of that. And nobody, nobody should, right? It's in the sense of when someone is not personally attacking Kara, but is responding passionately, blah, 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 that then it would be like, you don't want to tell that person, you know, you need to calm down or what's the big deal or whatever, right? And so I wanted to make that clarification because I feel like your response wasn't particularly about, you know controlling the way someone of a certain race may respond. I think your response was more grounded in, I'm not going to let someone attack my sister. And so in that sense, I understand your passion and your, your reactivity, right? So that's, that's how I digested it afterwards. I was like, I don't think that clarifications that could have and should have been made were made at that time. And so I understood your reaction to be one of protecting your sister, not one of like advocating for <laughs> whiteness to do whatever. <laughs> It's so funny to go on like a to go on a tone <laughs> tone shaming like blitz. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I immediately opened a Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. After I heard more about digested like the description and I did my own research on what it is, I was like, oh yeah, I was just reacting. I after that, I wasn't like it was fine. You know, you're saying like if if I made anybody uncomfortable, whatever. But afterwards, because of it, I watched like a ton of YouTube videos of different people finding tone policing and like what it is and what it isn't. And I was like, oh yeah, and like I felt so much more informed. Like I mean, that's yeah, why yeah. we have these discussions. They're Which hard to have, and it's easy to react in a yeah. way that looking back, you're like, why did I react that way? And I think that's the point. Absolutely, uh, try and understand it. We need to understand more. I guess that's what Kim was getting at at the point at the time. And it maybe it just came around so beautifully that because we it became this big discussion, we all know more. Well, I think one of the things that's great about this too is, and I think we're showing it now. So if we can go in embracing the fact that we're going to make mistakes, hopefully people understand our intentions are good. We do want more knowledge. We want to understand how to be the best people we can be, the willingness to make mistakes. So like Leah, you just did a, a perfect, like you just did it. You just lived it and you just did it. And so I think that- You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Good job, Leah. You're welcome, y'all. Oh, seriously, <laughs> Leah, thank you. No. And I'm out. This interruption is brought to you by Strange Things, a self-published children's book written by Ann Amos and illustrated by Leah McBean. Find the digital ebook on amazon.ca. Book interrupted. So my interruption is cold showers. So we installed one of those solar panel water heaters, and which is great because it's mostly sunny here. However, um, we've now reached the, our dusty season or winter, and it's not as sunny. So anyway, I could just like warm up water to bathe in, which I have in the past. It's not a big deal, but I just don't. I just tough it out and have a cold shower. 
And there is something that we can install to warm it up with electricity. We just never got around to it because it was always sunny. Anyway, that's my interruption. Cold showers. Book interrupted. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. I do recommend this book because I think that it reflects me at my core. And part of the thing that was most gratifying for me while reading it was seeing my feelings reflected back to me so concisely that it like consolidated them within me. I was like, yes, like it was just like gratifying is the the word I want to keep on saying because reading it was like, it was satisfying, gratifying. I mean, (laughs) I'm just going to rhyme about it because it was so good. So um, that experience was how I felt for the book. So one of my favorite parts of the book, which I read, I reread this morning while I was waiting for our thing to start was the islands part like that. So in case um, anyone doesn't remember, or if there's readers out there who haven't got their spoiler alert, but also, um, so the island is about almost about boundaries, I guess. And it really resonates with me because of the simplicity of love and fear. And so I come from a place where those are the really only two things that are behind everything. And you can trace anything back to either love or fear behaviors or choices or feelings sometimes too. So again, she's just so clear and it's like, it's forgiving and it's like, it's giving permission, right? Like I, I really relate because I could see my mom in her experience with her mother because I have that same relationship where my mom totally loves me and makes all these decisions in the name of love or so she thinks. And often it is fear that she's carrying. And I have changed my mind or done things differently because my mom, you know, like passed that fear to me anyway. So I just love the idea of like the, the metaphor, I guess, really, I guess it's Abby's metaphor. Glennon's just retelling it, but like we're on an island. This is where pure love is. And we only allow love in. And I like that she clarifies, like, it's not that there's anything wrong with the people who are carrying fear. I, some of them, I really want to come. I'm going to just uh, turn. I underlined a couple things. Okay. So it's not the cruel criticism from folks who hate us that scares us away from our knowing. It's the quiet concern of those who love us. That resonated with me so hard because that is, that's who you care about, right? Like, oh, if my mom thinks whatever, then maybe I should reconsider. And I love that she puts it in the context of like, you know, who knows better for you, you or somebody else, even if that somebody else happens to be your mom. And like, that's how you become like an independent person, right? Like the the breaking of the parent child role, like the whole thing. And then um, she was worrying and calling it love. And then uh, is this the easiest path for me and Gabby and Craig for your grandchildren? Of course not, but it's the truest one. That again, is where I try to put my north or you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, calibrate my compass. What's truest. It's not always easiest, but in that truth, I is my, again, I want to say permission, but like in that truth is my knowing, right? Like you can't, it's okay that it, around it is messy or it's not easy, but because it's true, then I can be certain that it's right, I guess which is kind of fueled by a fear of like making a mistake or whatever. But that's the thing, right? When you come into your life and you don't know what you're supposed to do, it's very, it's really nice to have a formula to simplify it. Is this the truest thing? It's like nice to know that I think part of what's important that it's right for you, because at the end of it all, you look back on your life and you say, what are my regrets? And they're always going to be not doing what you thought was right. I mean, really, isn't that what it comes down to? Like, 
I should have done this or I should have not done this or whatever. And why did I listen to that outside voice? Because you got to live with yourself in the end. And I would exactly that. I'd put it down to listening to someone else's fear about something. Because as the social creatures that we are, we'd be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And I know me, I always like bounce it off other people, right? Because I'm still working on fully trusting my knowing. And if some other person that I respect and value has a fear about it, which is actually their fear, because if I had that, I wouldn't be thinking I should do this thing. Then and it influences you. That's exactly where re- regret comes from. Exactly, Mayor. I think that's... I was just thinking, like, in that part of the book, I also thought about... It may comes back to Book Interrupted, but also me and my husband, uh, Lindsay mentioned this actually earlier, that we were... We had dated for, I don't know, nine or ten months or something, and then we broke up, and we got back together seven years later. And when we got back together seven years later, I ne- I didn't tell anyone except for Schweitz because we were living together. Because, just like you're saying, I didn't want to be influenced by other people to not get back together with my ex because I wanted to figure out how I felt about it. And the same thing with Book Interrupted. I didn't tell, like, my mom. I didn't tell a whole bunch of people. Like, obviously, I told you guys because I invited you. (laughs) But I didn't tell people until I was really sure because I really wanted it and I didn't want to be influenced out of you know this will be a lot of work and how are you going to do that and did it and then all the questions that come with it before I had figured out how what was going to look like and what were we going to do and before I had figured it all out and I didn't want to have influence that would I would have regret later from being influenced in a way that I wasn't doing the thing that I really wanted to do and I really wanted to do this right I think that there's times when some people, you know, have experience in something. I, I consult books. I consult, you know, if somebody's wise and it's like my grandmother and she's lived it, you know, I don't have to take all her opinions. I don't have to listen to everything she says, but I would like to consult with her. There's something missing, I think, in our culture with this me culture that we're, you know, I feel like people used to listen to their elders, used to listen to people that are wise and who have lived it. And, and, you know, yeah, no, you don't have to do, and yes, you have to listen to your knowing, and yes, you have to do the thing that's right for you. Lindsay, I hear what you're saying. I don't think that she's saying don't ever pursue the experience or the wisdom or the knowledge of others. I think she's saying if you have a truth, don't allow the fear of others, the uninvited fear of others, to then taint your truth or make you do something away from what is truest to you. Right. So, yes, ask all the people, get all the wisdom and information to if you're if you, you know, like whatever. I don't think she's um, advi- I don't think it's one or the other. I don't think that she's advising away from that. I think it's more like a like a war, not a warning, but like a shining a light on, you know, beware of what is what is the like not the intention, even like the fuel behind the advice. If the fuel behind the advice is somebody else's fear that's not good advice for you to take. If the fuel behind the advice is somebody else's love, then maybe that's something you should be considering. Lindsay's really good, though. I love the point that Lindsay raises, though, because there's so many things in our world that try to reward or reinforce what the expected behavior is to be an adult or whatever, fill in the blank. And there are so many messages out there to reduce the unit to being one person. And I think that's where things really did in a general sense for our world go astray when we're reduced to just the 
guardian or parent and child or even further reduction to just the one unit, you do get trapped. And I think Lindsay is a wonderful model for showing those consultations and respect of the elders and tending to, like she's the aunt of all of our children, right? So she does do that cross-sectional, like generational thing, as well as all the different variations not attributed to age. But why is Lindsay able to do that? Because Lindsay is really grounded in who she is. Whereas, and I would argue Leah is the same way. Whereas when I look at Sarah and I, that's why we're so easily um, prone to like, if we were to be hypnotized, what's that word when you're suggest, is it suggestible? Is that the correct word? Is that in some ways we need to continue, of course, to do the inner work, but tread carefully when we do open ourselves up to opinions, because we know that we will overvalue the opinions of others. So I don't think it's an invitation for us to close it down. It's check in with yourself. Who are you before you take a step outwards into the world? But I don't think that we should ever, ever cut ourselves off from community. I think it is. I think it's personality. Yeah. Because you have to know yourself. So for me, I knew myself enough to know, okay, I'm unsure about this, but I don't want other people to tell me what to do because then it'll just make me be more unsure of what I actually want. So I need to separate myself from people to be able to make the choice for myself. And I'm the same way. I need to do a certain amount and then I can start walking and talking. I think I'm kind of like Lindsay then too, because this is another point I wanted to make to Kim is that like you, Sarah, you didn't want to get anybody's opinion. So you wouldn't be influenced. And for me, I like to get a lot of opinions from a lot of different people and then I'll make my own decision. And I find that some people find that insulting because they go, why did you even ask for my advice if you're not going to follow it? And oh yeah, you do do that. Right. I get it that a lot. And I was like, no, no, like I respect your opinion. That's why I asked your opinion. Like, but you didn't do what I thought you should do. And I was like, yeah, but I took it into consideration. You're just one of many opinions that I've taken and then decided what I wanted to do, right? Because there is a lot of wisdom out there and that's why humans live in groups because we all can't have the same experience. I also agree that some people could interpret this book as saying, no, 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 your knowing is true, the truth. And she says something about this, but like my knowing is true, true and beautiful and that's so it's right. And that's one of the problems I had with the book, especially when she was talking about God and saying, my knowing is true and beautiful and then she says it's god and that was the leap that i didn't like because then some people can say well because i know it's true i can do it and a lot of people have done bad things because they believe that and some people have done really good things because they believe that but there is a little bit of a line depending on who is interpreting the book i think so if you see it as of uh, the way that kim is seeing it like Yes, listen to yourself and you know what you want and so you can live life without regret. I think that's the intent of the book. And I think some people could interpret it a different way and maybe bad things could happen uh, to the people around them. Give themselves permission. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I think that's a valid point for everything that we always talk about, right? Because we do return to that conclusion often and we it's, it's revealed by the makeup of this group, how none of us 
have the exact same experience. So what you're saying is completely true, right? Like depending on who you are and how you read something through your filter, you know, it's going to be understood in, in that way. But specifically in terms of this passage, a person has written to her and been like, my daughter came out and I accept her and I love her, but our grandparents are coming and they're going to, I know they're going to spend the time shaming and converting her and blah, blah, blah. And then she tells the story about how you determine as a group, right? You're, so she's talking about herself and her, like her kids and her, and her lover. And she's saying you determine what you allow to, to be like, to make it through your filter. And she does not allow fear. So whoever it's not, it's not who it's what, right? So if the fear is showing up then she says, thank you for coming. But as long as you're carrying fear, I'm not going to allow you to make it across my membrane. You know, and then you're not allowed to travel. You're not, I'm not lowering the bridge for you to come onto my island. And I think that that is valid regardless of who you are. I think it's a, a really important kind of area to explore because her mom's not even offering her advice. It's not even about taking advice. Her mom in everything she says and everything she does because she loves her is afraid because she knows that the world is full of people who may be judging or whatever, whatever. And, and Glennon's point is like, yeah, we know that that's out there and I don't need my closest loved one to carry it onto this island with her and, and introduce it to my children because by virtue of the fact that they love and trust you, they're going to carry that as well. And they don't need to because it's other people's problems, right? Any problem that people have with Glennon and her choosing to love Abby, that's their problem. That's not for Abby and their children to carry and hold. And I just really like that clarification because I think often we do hold other people's judgments or fears or whatever. Uh, and that's not, it's not for us to have, right? It's, it's like that four agreements thing, right? Like don't take anything personally because it's actually about the other people. I think it's res like it speaks to that too. Yeah. That's a really hard lesson to learn too for everybody. For me, every day I do that, you know, when you're working in the public or working, you know, talking to people and people you're, you know, that they're judging you or whatever. And you're trying to always say it's their issue or they get angry at the restaurant or something. And or they throw things like food at you. Yeah. They throw things like food and you're like, obviously this is not me. This is you having something issue you're dealing with. Yes. But that's also really hard for me because I, take like I'm a I'm, I'm definitely an empath like I take what people's if somebody's angry in front of me I get angry if somebody's sad I start to cry because I feel that energy so uh, that's a very valid and good point that of not letting that person into your bubble or into your you know the, the fear into your bubble and just letting them if they're coming from a place of love to let them in and listen but if they're coming from a place of fear to be like okay you can say what you want but I'm not gonna let it in well, they could be coming from a place of love and carrying fear because of that place of love, right? Like that's exactly what her mother is doing. She loves them so much that she's carrying all this fear because she doesn't want them to feel hurt or pain or judgment or whatever it is. And she's like, listen, mom, you cannot bring that here, right? And then it's for her mom to put that down and, and realize because it's the truest thing that there is no room for fear because it's not... Well, Glennon's not going to allow it. This is true. So whether you are going to bring fear or you're not going to bring fear, like it doesn't matter because this doesn't change the fact that this is true. So rather than spend my time advocating and explaining about why this is right and why this is okay, I'm just not going to allow people. I'm going to let people understand that themselves. I'm just going to be all right and okay. And they can witness that. 
And when they show up not holding fear anymore, then they can come and join in my love with me, you know? It's a good story to have because there's some people who need... It's hard because we all have these conflicting needs. Like, you want... Like, a lot of parents want their kids to have a good relationship with their grandparents. Like, it's important. And it's hard sometimes when you have those conflicts be like, well, I want them to have a relationship, but I also want my kid to know that they can and are loved exactly how they are and for who they are. And they shouldn't accept people saying you need to change to receive my love. And whether or not somebody is giving that on purpose and consciously or subconsciously because of the fear and how they say, you know, maybe though you should do this. It's important to have that conversation because it is a hard decision being like, these are my conflicting needs and I'm going to have to choose one or the other. They're both important. What is more important to me? I think that's hard when people want a roadmap on how to be an adult and how to be a parent and how to be whatever. The person in society, you know, a lot of them's like, well, you should be a good person by doing these things. But when you get into these conflicts where, okay, what do I do? It's nice to have that conversation. So people can think about, well, maybe I'm not a bad person because the person who's being left out might be like, you're being so bad. They need me in their life. Right. Exactly, Mary. Like this is that roadmap. Right. And you're like, I agree. They need you, but they don't need the judgment. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That fear you're carrying. Exactly. Like a hundred percent. That's it. Couldn't say it better. So it almost uh, reminds me of my friend. And like, we're just talking back and forth because uh, both of our anxieties had spiked. And she goes, hold up, hold up. Wait, Kara, your anxiety, even yours, or is it someone else's? And I was like, hold up. And it got me. And we got on this whole thing talking about for any of our emotional experiences, Maybe step one is go, wait a minute, is this my fill in the blank or is this so-and-so's fill in the blank? And it was just very, and you guys talking about it made me again, like revisit. I was like, maybe that, I mean, again, like to Meredith's point, you can't really give a blanket answer. There's no like, here's your one-stop shop of just follow A through Z and that's your roadmap, folks. Like it's not that straightforward. But I wonder if one clue along the road of like becoming what is an adult is step one, check in to see if it's even your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think I like, I disagree only on the point that I do think it's that simple. And Glennon, like, this is why this passage was so powerful for me because she does give the roadmap and it's literally like, sit down and decide what you want. And then from there proceed. So when someone, like, the, and it's not easy. I would disagree because I think it depends yeah, what is your level of self-awareness? What is your, how deep are you willing to go to call out your own truths? I agree with KJ, especially that one. Um, I am, oh, I have poor boundaries with only one person in my life, and it's my mother. And I have excellent boundaries with everyone else. So that particular chapter really helped me and made me feel safe because it's like, oh, someone else is all messy in this area too. And this is not a reflection on how I was parented. I was parented excellently. This is uh, a reflection on just how I formed an attachment with my mom. The problem with, I would recommend this book, but my issue is that it does come across very guru on every topic and but two, that's not her fault. Who wants to read a book about 
Who honestly wants to read a book about someone who's like, um, maybe this is the answer. <laughs> like, obviously, she's smelling her own fucking farts, and she likes what she smells. Like, of course. Oh, my God. I love you so much. Well, but also, she was on the podcast, right? She was on Armchair Expert, and she said herself that she's not a guru, and that she doesn't want to be a guru, and that the point... I know, but... She does seem a little bit like she surrounds her. She has an entourage. She has a fucking entourage. She likes being famous. Yeah. No, I say, Leah, you're calling it just whether she intentionally wants that or not. I like the book. Yeah. I don't know if she set out with that plan, like, be famous, write books. I think she writes books. Side note, I don't think she hates being famous. And I think it's good if you're going to do anything to do it with intention and believe in what you're saying especially if you're a writer and you're writing borderline a self-help book. So I like the book. I will recommend it. Sometimes she rubbed me the wrong way being a bit of a know-it-all or a bit of a preachy. I was going to say the same thing. I was trying to figure out why I would recommend the book too, but I couldn't, like at first I was like, why do not, why don't I love this book? Like I loved women who run with the wolves. <laughs> and um, it's because, and I finally realized what it is. In the book, she mentions her other books, like, she didn't get it. She she made all these mistakes, and she was just learning and whatever, right? Yeah, which just, like, makes me nervous. Like, what's the next book going to say? But then <laughs> yeah. you're reading the book, right? And then you're reading the book, and you're like, oh, she's doing it again. The thing she's complaining about that she did in her last book and the book before, she's doing it again where she's trying to say, oh, no, I now figured it out, and this is how you should do it, and this is the way it is. And and so I really liked the book. Yeah, made me nervous. But I feel like there was a tone in it where I feel like you're going to, like, in two years, you're going to write another book and be like, okay, I thought I knew. But now I know again <laughs> because I fucked up all this stuff and now I know something else. And so I was going to say when I was telling Meredith this, actually, that one of the things I almost wrote as my life philosophy on the website was, I don't know, but I know I don't know. And like, that's how I feel about life. Like, I don't know everything and I'm just trying to figure it out. So the book kind of came off like, okay, now I've got it. So I'm telling you guys what to do. So I kind of felt like that too, Leah. I really liked the book, but I didn't, I wasn't like mad about it like I was Women Who Run With Wolves because I think that book just left it up to you to figure it out, like what that meant being a wild woman in your own life, where this book was like, here's, she like, she was, it was like a guru, like she was mapping out it too strong for me, I think. But I, and it was way easier to read and I enjoyed the read, but there was just that little thing in it that just, I was like, why don't I like love it? And it was that tiny little thing. I was 90%, 90% there. Yes. But there was this nugget yeah, of righteousness that I didn't love. I'm sure in person it doesn't come off that way, but I don't know how you write your own personal story and it doesn't come off. Well, maybe there, I don't know. I hadn't thought, I haven't really thought that through, but I don't know how you would do that, but to write your experience, but not fully, maybe it, write a chapter about, I know how much I don't know. You know, she did have a section in there where she said, I might look back on these writings and think some of them were a little naive. Yeah, she did. That's true. I think it'd be easy for a reader to miss that because, again, the, the tone, she's a good storyteller. Each story is wrapped up and it's like, and here's the moral, right? Yeah. And I did like every story. Like, 
I took learning from it. And I think she was trying to hit everything that she thought was important as well. Like a little bit of each thing. She's like, well, now here's a story about uh, white privilege. And here's a story about um, sexuality. And here's a story about patriarchy or whatever. So she tries to touch on every little thing. And like, I mean, she... What, who of us have learned our final, our final lesson on, on everything, right? Like, it takes a long time to be like, oh, now I get it. I don't know. I think there's going to be another memoir. But it, it is, the tone is kind of, of a self-help book, but it is a memoir. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Do you recommend? I would recommend the first two sections for sure. I really enjoyed Caged being like, hey, look at this. Oh my goodness, I'm in a cage because somebody could read and be like, oh wait, maybe I'm in a cage. And then the keys, which is like, hey, here's some steps maybe you could take to get out of your cage. And then the rest, she kind of lost me in the third section, the free section, because of the, some of the stories I really liked, some of the stories where she's like, I'm giving you advice. And I was like, oh, that rubs me the wrong way. I don't know if you've finished your lesson on that journey. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, and you'll be notified when there's new content. Book Interrupted has partnered with Libro FM. Fan giveaway. Fans that contribute to the Untamed Book Cycle will be entered to win three-month free membership to Libro FM. Fans can contribute by sending us an email, a video, leaving a voice message for us, or commenting on our social media. For more information on how to get hold of us, go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. I had nightmares. I couldn't, I couldn't function. I um, do not believe in God to say, to start. Is it just the use of the word God? A lot of too easy answers to these really complex questions. Growing up, Doyle. <laughs> and it's because I'm Glennon Doyle. You're welcome. <laughs> Book Interrupted.